with high recommendation, we got my cousin Steve back. Uh, I had him on with the Shaking the Family Tree series, but there's a lot of things that he didn't get to tell us. A lot of stories oh, yeah. that he uh, didn't have the time to express. So we're going to start a new series, probably, I don't know, once a week or so. And we're going to go through some of the stories that he didn't get to tell because I do have you at my disposal. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. What should we call it? Uh, story time with Steve. Story time with Steve. I like it. Yeah, story time with Steve. So. It's kind of like Mr. Rogers, but I don't have a neighborhood. Kind of. Kind of. Who's Mr. Rogers? Mr. Rogers' neighborhood? Would no. Would you be my neighbor? I don't know who it is. Wow. See, that's what's wrong with this generation. I'm young. <laughs> Come on now. True. So, so let's get into the first story. So, we he, you gave me three that I can work with. Right. Let's start with uh, the squilling of the tires Aha. story. Okay. So, in my neighborhood, we had uh, side streets. And one of the side streets was Major. So, on 64th place of Major is where my buddy Dean lived. Well, he lived like three houses away from the corner so me and good old anderson here we go we had his mom's what was it a mercury i think it was uh a mercury ltd i think that's what it was or a ford ltd did he not have his own car no this was before he had cars this, oh okay so this was back in i think it was 2000 okay and uh me and anderson were messing around that day and we decided to go down major to dean's house well we had this bright idea that we were going to stop short of this stop sign and we wanted to squeal the tires and do a big old burnout so on 64th place in major or 63rd place in major mm -hmm. it would be one big old cloud of smoke mm -hmm. so anderson's like yeah let's do it so he's sitting there and uh he's spinning his tires and we're laughing and laughing <sighs> and all of a sudden we see a like a, a police car uh searchlight through the smoke so he gets on the uh speaker and he's like turn the vehicle off and I'm like, Anderson, we're going to fucking jail. It's done. We're going to fucking jail. So uh, it ended up being two rookie cops. And uh, Anderson tried telling them that his accelerator stuck, which was a bullface lie. And uh, they gave him, they ended up giving him nine tickets. They gave him, uh, what was it? Polluting the air with toxic chemicals, uh, burning uh, toxic uh, waste, just from spinning tires. So he got his license taken. He still drove around. He didn't give a shit. So on his court date, he told me that I'm going to be his key witness. Now, I had no idea what he meant. So we had 9 o'clock court. And he told the judge how do you plead. And uh, Anderson told him not guilty. And uh, he wanted a trial. So you could hear, like, all the cops that came to court for their cases. They kind of, like, laughed at him. So I was like, oh, man, I was starting to get embarrassed and everything. And, uh... The judge said, okay, you guys got to be back here at 1 o'clock for the next court. So me and Anderson, we had from about probably 10 o'clock, we had three hours to just mess around. So we decided for some reason it would be a good idea to roll a blunt and head to the lake. Three hours to kill, why not? So that's what we did. And by the time we got back to court at 1, I mean, we were flying high. I, I was like... I was I was toasted, stoned. Yeah. So Anderson's like, he he's like, I'm gonna go into the courtroom, and when I call you, you gotta come in. And I'm thinking this is way too much. I can't deal with this right now. 
So I'm sitting in the hallway waiting. And sure enough, the bailiff, it was like professional, you know, like it, it was serious stuff. Yeah. The bailiff is like, Mr. Fields, come with me. So me being me, I walked past those two little gates that swing open. And uh, you could walk either up to the judge or you could go sit at your tables. So I, I pushed one of them open. And for some reason, I don't know why, but I walked directly up to the judge's uh, bench. And he had kind of like a ledge that was kind of like shoulder width or shoulder height. I put my arm up there like, like he was my buddy, like, like we grew up together. And uh, I just looked at him and he had that like serious look on his face like, what the fuck are you doing? And I looked at my fucking arm sitting on his bench, and I was like, I look back at him. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> so I just kind of nodded to him, and I walked. I took a couple of steps back, and uh, he's like, Mr. Fields, what happened on such and such day? I said it was a mechanical error, sir. His uh, accelerator got stuck, and we couldn't turn it off. We panicked. And the judge is like, mechanical error. He's like, okay. I, I think they call it SOL, stayed on leave. Mm-hmm. But basically, we call it shit out of luck. Mm-hmm. So he uh, dismissed all the charges, and then he gave Anderson his uh, license back that same day. But Anderson had, like, what? He had, like, nine tickets. Yeah. And uh, so he had, like, 18 staple holes in his license. Wow. Yeah, it looked like a, like a screen if you <laughs> hold it up to the light. It was crazy. But, yeah, the cops messed with us for probably the next month just because Anderson got away with it. So he didn't, nothing ever happened to him, really? Nothing. Except Nothing. for the court date, yeah, court date, and he had his license taken for like a month. Wait, so I've I've never so I've never seen these. Punch, did you call it like a punch hole in your? License? No, they're they're staples. Staples? Yeah, like staples. Uh huh. Because they put your uh, license with the paperwork. Yeah. So when they have like all them tickets, they kind of like made like a circle around his ID, yeah. around his driver's license. So if you get pulled over and they look at your license... Oh, yeah, know. they can see that you've been in a lot of trouble. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So he had all them on oh, yeah. his... How yep. many did you say? Nine? He had nine staples, so it'd be 18 holes. Wow. <laughs> so it's double whatever you have. Yeah, yeah, because there's <laughs> two staples. But, yeah, them cops messed with us forever about that. And uh, they, they'd pull them over for no reason. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they just messed with them. Yeah, this is kind of off topic, but you said that, uh, you know, the, cop, the t- cops would kind of pull y'all over for no reason. But you tell us a story sometimes that we didn't talk about, is that y'all would just act like you was fighting just so they would chase you. Yeah. Like, who does that? We were like 15 years old. And uh, all of us were together. And this was before we got in, like, any major fights or whatever. And we were bored. So we would go, and 63rd Street was kind of busy all the time. It was like a busy street right by Midway Airport. And uh, we would hang out, like, just stand around, and we would see a cop coming in a squad car. So one of us would be the designated, you know, ass whooper. So we would throw him on the ground, and we would, like, fake kick him and fake punch him until the cop stopped. And then we would help him up, and then we would run, run from the cop. Why? It's stupid shit. But it was fun. That's how we had fun. We made the cops chase us. <laughs> Speaking of fights, <laughs> the second story I'm going to have you tell is that you was in another neighborhood at a party, right? Right. And my buddy, then, my buddy Chong's girlfriend's house. Yeah, a big fight broke out. Oh, huge. Yeah. Oh, it was huge, <laughs> man. So, uh, my buddy Sean was dating this girl from the suburbs, which was right, like, over the tracks, which was Burbank. So, it's like 65th Street is where my neighborhood ended. And then it was some factories. And then there was a big old rail yard. And on the other side of that rail yard was uh, Bridgeview. 
So uh, we wanted, we don't really like hanging out in the neighborhood so much because we just, you know, sometimes it gets boring or dangerous. So we went to Cassie's house for a keg party. I forget what occasion it was. Maybe her birthday. It might have been her birthday. But uh, Sean's like, hey, get everybody. Bring everybody. So we have this neighborhood across Central, which is called The Village. So The Village has its own version, basically, of us. But they're more stoners and stuff like that, heavy metal. But, I mean, we get along with them great. We party together all the time. Well, it just so happens they came with us this night. So we get there, and it's in a garage. And her dad... I guess worked on motorcycles and a bunch of cars. Mm. So he had tools all over the place. So as the night goes on, me and Dean are sitting there uh, on some lawn chairs. And we got our solo cups. And we're just like, we always sat there and talked shit. That's all we used to do. We'd be like, look at this motherfucker. Look at this guy. And uh, all of a sudden, we see Anderson coming through the door. So what Anderson was doing was arguing outside of the garage door with Cassie, my buddy's girlfriend's cousin. He already had a black eye. I don't know what the hell he got into, but he already had a black eye. So Anderson was pissed off already. So me and Dean notice our buddy Benny. Now Ben's got his hat to the right, and he's with his back to the wall, and he's got like two or three of uh, groups of these guys telling him to straighten his hat. So it turns out these guys were called the PM Boys. It, it stood for uh, Parkside Major Boys. But in our neighborhood, we also had Parkside and Major. And since all of us were born and raised in that neighborhood, we felt like Parkside and Major belonged to us. That's our shit. So Benny wouldn't do it. So we see Anderson, me and Dean see Anderson walk past us. And fuck it, we both looked at each other and I'm like, chug your beer, man. So we fucking chugged the beer, and as soon as we set it down, we looked, and Anderson walked up behind this guy, and he didn't even turn him around. Mm -hmm. He was still looking at Benny at the time, and he hit him with a right, like a right hook that caught him under, like, his right jaw, and it sent him airborne. He fucking left the ground, and when he left the ground, he ended up landing on a picnic table, which had, like, six of my buddies around it. So that's when the whole fucking place went up for grabs. All of the girls ran out of the garage. So I don't know who it was, but somebody... Oh, it was fucking great. Somebody walked up and locked the door so nobody could leave. So now it's like swing on anybody you don't recognize. So fucking... We're just fucking laying them out. And uh, fucking Dean kept trying to grab these big, thick liquor bottles. Because back in the day, they weren't plastic. They were yeah. all glass. What'd you call them? You called them some kind oh, of... Oh, it was an aftershock. Aftershock, yeah. That's a type of liquor. Mm -hmm. And those basically had the hardest bottle. And uh, every time Dean would pick it up, Anderson would catch him and he's like, no, no, no. <laughs> he thought he was going to fucking kill somebody with yeah. it. So uh, Anderson ended up like moving away from Dean. So Dean looks around and he grabs this uh, plastic vodka bottle. And he just starts beating the shit out of people. Oh, I was like, what the fuck? I think that's another talking <laughs> point, too, is that y'all wanted to fight him. You didn't want to kill him. Right. That was, that's, I think that's a good talking point there, too. Yeah. Is that y'all wanted to say your, or put your point across. Right. But you didn't want to get in so much trouble that you would get sent off for life. Because exactly. killing somebody oh, would be, yeah. you're done. That's why I always hated when everybody, fucking, we would get in a fight drunk. 
Yeah. Because when you're drunk, you don't realize what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, your life could change real quickly. I think that's something today, too, because a lot of the stories you tell, there's a lot of fist and maybe a wrench or two. But now, yeah. if somebody fights, someone's going to pull a gun. Yeah. Or a knife. Yep. Something like that. But back to your story, you was at the bottle. You can finish. Okay. <laughs> so, so Dean's sitting there just whacking people upside the head with a bottle. So somehow somebody opened up the uh, garage door that led into the backyard. So now the fight just kind of like filtered into the fucking backyard, which the driveway like ran alongside of her house and then it went into the front. Well, I come running into the front and I see my buddy Will Bagan. He passed away. That dude was crazy as hell. He, uh, he's got this guy, he's sitting on his back and he's got him in like the camel clutch, I think it's called, where like his forearms over his forehead and his other arm is just holding his face in place yeah. and people were running from the other side of the yard just like field goal kicking him in the face <laughs> i was like this shit's nuts <laughs> so i turn and i look and i see anderson he uh, he hit this dude in the face and the dude dropped well when the dude dropped he bounced back up off the ground and he grabbed one of them uh like 12 by 12 fucking uh patio uh walking uh bricks and uh, Anderson turned around and he got him right on Anderson's uh, eyebrow, yeah. split his shit wide open. If you listen to the po- to your first episode, that sounds a lot like what you done to Anderson <laughs> when he came up. Oh hell yeah! At uh, school, yeah, that, that sounds a lot like that. See, Anderson was always a good guy to have on your team. Mm-hmm. He was just dumb as hell, <laughs> just crazy. Mm-hmm. So now we're in the front yard, and uh, Anderson gets popped in the eyebrow. So now I, I go in the house with them, and I'm going to try to make them, st- help them stop the bleeding and shit. And uh, Will Bagan just takes off. We don't know where he went. He just took off in his car. And uh, as the fight's going on, it's like winding down. The cops are showing up. The ambulance showed up. And I see my buddy John John. He passed away. But uh, my buddy John John is leaning up against the box of the ambulance, like the box part. Yeah. And uh, I looked at him. I'm like, John John. And he looked at me, and he just kind of slid and just fucking fell out i was like oh my god he's knocked out so when the cops finally got us separated and everything they were like where the hell are you guys from and we told them 63rd central you know over the tracks and i guess they didn't like these pm boys and i think they were kind of glad we whooped all their asses so they were like get in your cars you guys got five minutes to get the fuck out of here so we were gonna take off so i'm going to get anderson next thing you know will bagan's at the door we hear pounding, and I was like, oh, that's probably the cops wanting everybody out the house. Yeah. So uh, Cassie, uh, my buddy's girlfriend, walks over and opens up the door. Here comes Will Begging with a thirty-eight, right through the door, pointed at everybody. <clears throat> Somebody stole his Primeco phone. And back in the day, it was, I think they called them the Snickers. It was like, this was before contracts. This had to be like 99, 2000. Yeah. And uh, he put a thousand minutes on his Primeco phone. And somebody stole it. So he comes with a gun to get his shit back. And uh, her dad was like, we'll find it, we'll find it. Well, they ended up finding it. But yeah, we were uh, driving on grass, like people's front yards, on sidewalks, over curbs, trying to get away. Because the cops gave us a certain amount of time. So then we all met up at uh, Lawler Park, which is in the village with with the village guys. Uh, At the U, we called it. And uh, that's where we usually drink on the weekends. 
And uh, yeah, I got many stories about that shit. It, it was pretty wild. But yeah, the next day I was outside and I was smoking with my headphones on as usual. And uh, I seen my buddy Sean going down Central. And the way you pass my house, if you're coming down Central, there's a uh, empty field. We called it the Prairie. And I seen him and he seen me and I waved at him and he kind of threw his hands up. So he comes circling back around and he's like, hey, what's up, man? I was like, shit, dude. He's like, I got a question. I was like, what's up? He showed me like seven pairs of shirts that were all bloody and tore up. Yeah. He's like, any of these years? I'm like, nope. And then he had a handful of teeth. He's like, anybody lose teeth? I'm like, nah, man, we're all good, bro. He's like, man, that was fucking wild. <laughs> <laughs> but shit, we went out. And then we always hung out with Anderson. Yeah. I don't know. That's just what we did. We hung out with each other. So uh, we all went back to, back to Casey's. Or Cassie's We got Anderson Me and Sean And Sean's like Hey man I kept some of that keg Cause we hardly Even drank that night before So Anderson Being Anderson He's like I'll fucking drink the beer So he chugged A whole Tupperware container And uh He took two steps backwards And turned And just It was like a fire hydrant He just puked All over the fucking uh. place And I guess he had hot dogs Before we picked them up Cause he had hot dogs Like the size of my thumb In his puke so, so I ran up to him and I'm like, look, motherfucker, you didn't even chew that shit. <laughs> oh, it was great. But yeah, that's just, it's like everyday thing. Yeah. Like we had, we had shit go on every single day. Every day. Every fucking day. It's like a movie. Yeah. You're living in the life of a movie. Absolutely. Dang. Fuck. You, uh, there was a part in that story that you told yesterday about y'all was in like a van oh, or something. Yeah. So, uh, about probably a week after, mm. we're driving around because we usually, like, cruised and smoked. Mm. You know, smoked a couple blunts, whatever. Mm. Just to, I don't know, stay out of trouble, but actually we were causing trouble because you ain't supposed to be smoking pot. So, we ended up in uh, Sean's girlfriend's neighborhood, and uh, we were driving down 79th. We just turned off with Cicero, and we're going down 79th Street, and uh, there's this dude, like our age, walking down the sidewalk. He's got his arm in a sling. He's got his... It looked like he was in a plane crash. Mm. He had white tape around his head. And, like, his whole left side of his face was bandaged. So, the closer we got, we slowed down. And he didn't even look at us. I guess he didn't want to look at anybody. Yeah. And uh, we recognized him. We're like, there's one of them fucking PM pussies. <laughs> so, we drove back around. And he was already hurt. You know, we, we're not going to jump on somebody that can't defend herself or whatever. Yeah. Unless... Something serious. Mm. But uh, basically, we just scared him. We slid open the door. We're like, hey, motherfucker. <laughs> and he, he didn't even run. Yeah. I think he was so scared, it just, like, stopped him in his tracks. Like a deer in headlights. Yeah. yeah. And he just froze. And to us, that was the funniest shit ever. Because we weren't going to hurt him. Yeah. But we could have. <laughs> I think that goes back to the thing that you didn't want to kill anybody. You just wanted, no. to, uh-uh. you just wanted to put your point out there. And I think all y'all... Was the same in that sense. Absolutely, yeah. And y'all had such a close bond. Yeah, we were like brothers. Yeah, and I think y'all could kind of know what each other was thinking. Because like you said, you knew what Anders was going to do before he'd done it. Yep, that fucking crazy fucker. back to the brotherhood thing, there's the third story that we're going to tell. When you was on house arrest and you broke it. Oh. And then I'll let you go. See, I forgot what was my third one. Yeah. All right, so when I was doing plumbing, I uh, I had a buddy, Danny Morris. So Danny had a brother, Ricky, 
And you never seen them together because one was in jail while the other one was out. Well, one fucking year, both of them were out. And it was like a treat because they're crazy as shit, funny as fuck. And uh, we're all like brothers, you know? And me and Danny got close from uh, working, doing plumbing. Like when I worked for his dad, I didn't really start making money until I jumped on the truck with him. Because then we were partners instead of just me being his, being his dad's helper. So we, we formed a real tight bond. And uh, it just so happens one year he uh, he got on house arrest and uh, he couldn't go and get any weed anywhere. So he wanted, you know, to get high. He wanted to relax. Well, his brother got shot by uh, the Latin Kings in his neighborhood. So his brother had morphine pills. And Danny, he basically accidentally OD'd. He would never fucking do it on purpose. He would never take his life like that. But he was just trying to get a buzz. And uh, he took, I think, I think like two or three morphine pills. He didn't, he didn't feel good. So he took some type of aspirin. I think it was a leave or it was Advil. And for some reason it counteracted and he overdosed and it sent him into like, he, I, I believe he basically like choked on his own vomit to kill him. And uh, he died with his son, six months old. He died on the couch, on his living room couch. And his six month old son was in the playpen. Right next to him. So then, uh, after that, uh, I got word of it. It just hit everybody real hard because he was like one. He was like one of us. You know, like, it would be like me going. Like, everybody would be like, fuck. Or like Anderson going, you know. We were all so tight. So I ended up uh, going through court. And the judge told me that I have to be on house arrest until my trial is over. And I'm thinking, what, whatever, you know, I could do that shit. Yeah. Well, then Danny passed away. And uh, I called the people the night before, or like the day before. And I was like, uh, you know, my buddy passed away. He was like a brother to me. He's like one of my best friends. I was like, I would like movement just for a couple hours to go to his wake. And they had this big deal that they told me that uh, it has to be my mom, my dad, my brother, or sister. Mm-hmm. That's the only people I could get movement to go to a funeral for. So I was like, fuck yous. Mm-hmm. And uh, my daughter's mom at the time was uh, had sheriff furlough, which means she was able to leave and report to the Cook County Sheriff's Office. And I don't know why, but she had movement. She could go out and shit. Yeah. Probably because she was a girl. Well, one <laughs> day she found herself in the um, officer's office. And she's looking through the drawers. And she found those little house arrest clips. And she's like, hey, I found these clips. I was like, well, before you go home, stop at the house. I need a couple because I was going to experiment with them. Yeah. So I gave it one more try in the morning. And I didn't realize <laughs> that it was the same people on the same shift yeah. as I called earlier the night before. And uh, they were like, look, Steve, you're not going. And I was like, okay. So I hung up the phone. So I'm looking at these clips. And my buddy Chico comes to the house. And he's like, hey, man, you going to fucking Danny's thing? We call him Shady. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, man, I'm going, dude. I'm going. I'm going to bust my shit and go. He's like, you got them clips, man? Just fucking clip it. I said, all right, man. I'll just uh, go pick up everybody and then come back and pick me up. So it gave me like a half hour to fuck around. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I took the screwdriver to my bracelet on my ankle mm-hmm. and I popped the clip, I see two gold metal prongs. And instantly, I'm like, this ain't good. 
So I was like, fuck, that just sent a signal to whoever. Yeah. So what I did was I put the clip on real quick and I slid the uh, bracelet under my brother's bed in the basement. Mm -hmm. I go upstairs and I tell my mom, I was like, hey, uh, they allowed me to have movement. I'm going to go to Danny's wake and I'll be right back. Mm -hmm. My mom's like, yeah, sure. Okay. So she had no idea. Yeah. So I'm at the wake and uh, I see old man Morris, my boss and shit. And uh, he's like, how, how you, how do you say how the fuck are you here, Fields? <laughs> I was like, I broke my shit. I, Danny would have done the same thing because I know Danny would have. Yeah. You know, Danny would have done it for any of us. And I just so happens I was the only one on house arrest. Mm -hmm. So as the night goes by, I, I'm calling my house every hour just to say, you know, tell my, supposedly to tell my mom I'm still at the funeral home. Mm -hmm. But in actuality, I wanted to see what happens because my mom, She'll let me know. Mm -hmm. She'll be like, what the fuck? Exactly what happened. Yeah. So I was there from 9 o'clock. So I called at 10, 11, 12, all the way to 7 o'clock. Right. At my 7 o'clock phone call, my mom picks up. She's like, Stephen Allen. And I'm like, hey. She's like, what did you do? I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, the sheriffs were here. They took your box. Can't find your bracelet. They said, if you don't turn yourself in by midnight, you're going to be a fugitive. Mm. I was like, Fuck. Yeah. So I was like, all right, mom, I'll, uh, I'm coming home. Yeah. And I hung up. So I went to the casket. I told my buddy bye, you know, my brother. And uh, old man Morris stops me. And he's like, what's wrong, man? I was like, I think I'm going to fucking jail. <sighs> I was like, the sheriffs came and fucking, uh, I broke my house arrest and everything. Yeah. And he's like, fucking fields. <laughs> he's like, stay here for a minute. And I was like, what the fuck? It's okay. Yeah. And not thinking, I'm like, what the fuck are you going to do? So he comes in, he gets me, he's like, come with me. And I was like, okay. So we go to the, uh, the funeral home director's office. Mm -hmm. And I walk in, and he's like an older guy. And he's on the telephone, on his office phone. Mm -hmm. And he, he, he takes the phone away from his ear, and he looks at me, he's like, here, someone wants to talk to you. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, who the fuck is this, Santa Claus? Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to fucking do? So I get on the phone, and I'm like, Hello? And the guy's like, Stephen Fields? I said, yes, sir. He's like, I'm Mike Sheehan. Now, Mike Sheehan was the head Cook County Sheriff. He's like the guy that you vote in. Mm -hmm. He's like the boss of all bosses, mm -hmm. you know? And uh, he was like, I understand that, you know, you broke your house arrest. I said, yeah, and I explained it to him. I was like, Danny would have done the same to me. I know he would have. Mm -hmm. And that's the only reason. He's like, have you been there all day? I said, yes, sir. I got here at 9 and it's 7 o'clock now. He's like, I'll tell you what, if you can make it to your house in an hour, I'll have a new box and a new bracelet. So I just skipped five years added to whatever I was doing, which would have made me, uh, uh, fucking, what do you call it, disqualified yeah. for boot camp. I would have went to prison. I wouldn't have been able to still do boot camp. So I get there, and he gave me his cell number. And he said, if you have any problems, you know, call me. So I'm waiting outside, waiting for the sheriff at, uh, I handed my mom the number, and I said his name is Mike Sheehan. Mm -hmm. He's he's the Cook County Sheriff. Mm -hmm. I was like, if you see any problems outside, when this guy pulls up, call him. It's his boss. So my mom's like, okay, Stevie. You know, I, I put it through hell, dude. Yeah. So I'm sitting there, and finally the Cook County Sheriff cop pulls up. Mm -hmm. He didn't even let me say three words. Mm -hmm. He threw me on the ground, handcuffed me, and threw me in the back of the squad car. So I'm like, fuck, now I'm in the back of the squad car. So my mom comes running out of the house with a portable phone because we had portable phones. Yeah. 
And she's like, sir, 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 your boss wants to talk to you. And you can hear the fucking sheriff. He's like, my boss? He's like, hello? And then his whole attitude changed. He's like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And he's walking like in the grass, not on the street side, but in the grass next to his cop car. He's like pacing. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the phone call, I see him hang it up and he threw... He threw my mom's phone in the yard, like in the grass. Mm. He opens up the door, and he's like, I don't know who the fuck you are or who the fuck you know. Get in the fucking house. So this whole time, he's got like a death grip on my shoulder, yeah. waiting for me to say something stupid. I ain't saying shit. <laughs> he was saying that I was a worthless gangbanger, a fucking uh, a deadbeat, that my mom shouldn't allow me to uh, live at her house. Just, just itching and scratching at shit to get me to go yeah and I, he's like i don't want to see you outside of your house at all he's still he sat in his car for two hours waiting for me but after that it was okay wow that's that's the three right there there you go what are we what are we at right now we're at 29 minutes so three stories for about 30 minutes mm -hmm. shit i got like a couple months worth of shit <laughs> It's, it's about, crazy. So it's, about, so it's about 10 minutes of story right there. Yeah. That's wild. And I only told you about three days. Mm-hmm. Three days. Three fucking days. Hmm. There's a lot more stories. Shit too. happened every day. Yeah. Every day, man. There's a lot more stuff that has to be said. Yeah. All stories have to be shared. Absolutely. All ideas have to be spoken. <laughs> I just tell stories so people don't have to go and do what I did. You always, I, I remember when, you would say this a lot when you first time came down here, you was like, Tanner, you'll be fine if you just don't do what I did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, do the opposite. <laughs> Shit, world be a better place. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, uh, we're going to wrap this up now. Uh, if you're listening, make sure to follow the show. I have a lot of more episodes coming up with a lot of different people. So, um, follow my YouTube. I just put out a new YouTube. It's Tanner Jesse. Uh, follow my Instagram. It's uh, TJ underscore 56, 56, 56. Three 56s. Because 156 wasn't enough for me. Follow my go. Twitter at TKJ underscore 56. Follow my TikTok, Tanner underscore J 56. A lot of 56s there. But, so make sure to go follow the YouTube. Follow all the social media. Uh, follow the podcast and you can follow me basically when i'm on my way for cigarettes through town if you want <laughs> but uh yeah check it out check the podcast tanner's doing big things we'll uh do this once a week and everybody be good and i'll see you next week stay safe